Hey everyone, welcome to the second episode of the podcast, Emerging Adulthood, Where the Fuck Am I? with Natasha. Today, we have our first ever guest speaker, Monica Feinsan. She is a 26-year-old early childhood educator currently living in New Zealand. She graduated from the University of the Philippines in 2016 And she likes exploring the outdoors, going on walks, hikes, and road trips. In her free time, she enjoys having a jam on the guitar and your standard binge-watching Netflix shows. Hi, Monica! Hi, Tash! And hello, listeners! I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for creating an avenue for us to understand and dig deep into this hashtag, it's complicated concept of emerging adulthood. I think you've painted quite an accurate picture of it, describing it as a purgatory of facing adult responsibilities and may I quote you while leeching from our parents' affection and our parents' acceptance or approval. I feel like that's such a huge part of our Filipino culture, don't you think? Mm Mm-hmm, definitely. I could very much relate to your reference of the Powerpuff Girls scene, which mixes our Catholic faith (laughs) and Asian parenting. We both come from the same background and I think it's safe to say we can claim we're like sisters from different mothers. <laughs> Aw, yeah, we have shared a lot of milestones. We basically grew up together as children. Like we were baptized on the same night, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we played in the same high school band, we went to college in the same university, and essentially we moved to a different country in the same year. How crazy is that? I know, right? And then maybe also share more milestones together, Um, like getting married or starting a family? (laughs) Just half kidding. (laughs) Nako, marriage na agad. Well, quick trivia. Monica and I initially enrolled in the same course in the University of the Philippines. It was Family Life and Child Development, FLCD for short. So Monica, you have a passion for teaching young children. Could you tell us more about that? Yes. So it started in my late teenage years when I became responsible for taking care of my young nephew with additional needs. While looking after him, I was quite certain that I have a passion for teaching and nurturing young children. I've also learned firsthand the importance of the first few years of life in one's lifelong development. And so I pursued Mm -hmm. an undergraduate study in FLCD in the Philippines, then started my teaching career right after graduating in 2016. Yeah, and for those who don't know Monica personally, she's an amazing singer. (laughs) Like, super, sobra, hands down. One of the best singers I know. Your students must be so fortunate to have a teacher who sings as well as you do. Oh my gosh, he threw me under the bus. (laughs) Wait, I'm not ready. I thought this would just be a podcast, Tash. <laughs> Sige nga, sample naman dyan. <laughs> oh my gosh, any request? No, joke lang. <laughs> um, okay, it's time to be brave. <laughs> 30 seconds yes. lang. I just thought of this song because we're talking about emerging adulthood. I'm sure you know it. Um, it goes like this. I'm like a bird, I wanna fly away. I don't know where my soul is. I don't know where my home is. Oh, diba? Related pa rin ang kanta. Ooh, oh my god, girl. I got goosies. 
oh my god, like I miss listening to your voice and I could just listen to it all day long. <laughs> oh, ikaw na, sa'yo na yung podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> no way. Si Monica, mabilis talaga yan kausap. Now you know why she's my first guest speaker. <laughs> okay, so going back, I know we're going off topic. You taught in a progressive preschool for two years. And as we may or may not be familiar with in terms of the education system of the Philippines, teachers are not really paid so well. Like, I would say for the effort that we put, Mm -hmm. we could even be considered underpaid. What do you think? Oh, yeah. It's quite sad, but true. Um, I really loved my job back in the Philippines, although it wasn't enough to support my family. Coming from a family of seven children, I'm the sixth and one father, mm. at the end of the day, we all, we all want to live comfortably. And yes, it's good to work hard, but I really think that time is also a valuable resource that we can take back. Mm-hmm. So being raised in a Filipino culture, I took it upon myself to provide for my family. And I took a risk and left home to move here in New Zealand. And no, guys, I just want to say New Zealand (laughs) isn't in Australia. (laughs) Um, But you do have similar accents, I would say. uh, Maybe. (laughs) You be the judge. (laughs) I'm not sure. (laughs) I haven't been there yet myself, so I have to find out. So um, going okay, back, go on, yeah. I want to pursue my passion in teaching, but also I needed to work towards my future. So I felt that a good first step would be to gain more independence. And it did help knowing that I knew I had a brother living in New Zealand, as well as some cousins and nephews who have long been Kiwis. So I just like to clarify Kiwi. as well. Yeah, Kiwi meaning a New Zealand citizen and not the fruit nor the kiwi bird. <laughs> oh, nice. Thank you for clarifying that, Monica. I wonder why it's called kiwi, though. Yeah, uh, I'm okay. not too sure yeah. either. <laughs> <laughs> Off topic again, but you are right. It does seem like a Filipino trait to feel like it's a responsibility to give back to our family. I think this is something that we call utang ng loob, and I do agree that time is a valuable resource. Sometimes I feel the same way, like we're running out of time. That's when I have to step back, look at the bigger picture, and start prioritizing my goals so that I can be able to achieve them. And I'm sure this is something a lot of us from our generation try to grapple with as well. Like the question of passion versus money. Like, you know, people say you can't go for both. You have to choose. Are you going to go for passion or are you going to go for the money? And... There's also this famous saying saying you got to find a job that can pay for your passions. Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> that is quite a hard um, topic, I think. But <laughs> I can say that I'm, I'm an advocate of play-based learning for young children. And I was fortunate mm-hmm. to land a teaching position that allowed me to offer that kind of curriculum for young Filipino learners. Then... Moving forward, I think what reassured me about teaching in a whole different country was the fact that early childhood in New Zealand is also play-based, and that philosophy Mm. resonated with my own teaching philosophy. So I really believe that learning and growing should be fun. It may be challenging at times, but that's why I find meaning in what I do. And let's face it, um, 
going back to that uh, reality that teachers are not paid well enough. But I could say moving here, I'm able to have more leeway. Um, so just going back to my passion of teaching, we never stop learning while we're teaching. And there is never a dull moment because the children just do the silliest things and even I myself learn from them. <laughs> their honesty, their curiosity, and their simplicity. That's why I could Aww. say that I really love my job. Yeah, or it's more so than adorable. a job. <laughs> yeah, that's so important. And I think in relation to finding meaning in our careers, I remember reading an article in BuzzFeed saying that for our generation, we really put an emphasis on this and on the downside what happens is that we we end up getting burned out right so this article in case you're interested is entitled how millennials became the burned out culture but that's entirely another topic on its own and we can spend an hour rambling about it so we will move past that and reserve that for next oh, time Oh, that's okay it sounds very interesting <laughs> Yeah. So you decided to pursue moving to New Zealand and being part of the overseas Filipino workforce. How did you feel about the big move and working abroad? To be honest, I had my mind and heart set on my goal, and that was to pass my job interview the very day I landed here in New Zealand. I felt like I didn't really let myself feel the sadness or fright or anxiousness because for me, it was an all or nothing mentality. In fact, my father told me before leaving that I was always welcome to come back home if things didn't work out. But I don't know. I just felt like ever since I've decided to move, I wanted to stick to my decision of moving and tough it out if needed before ever wanting to really go back home. But yep, look at me now. I'm still here after three years and I'm really loving it. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. And speaking of, I know it sounds comforting, right? To have that safety net of at least your father was very supportive and also very reassuring in a way that he said, if it didn't work out, you can always come back home. So it's not like, oh, if it doesn't work out, you don't know where you're going to end up, right? Mm -hmm. And... I think that's one of the privileges we have as emerging adults, that we have such supportive systems mm -hmm. when we see this in our parents. And it's because of this existence that allows us to push ourselves and to take that leap. Because we know that worst case scenario, somebody will catch us if we fall. Ooh, yes. Right? <laughs> but obviously, we don't want to rely on that because... You know, we all have our goals and having known you for a very long time, I've always recognized you as a goal setter. Monica has always been so hardworking and it's no doubt that she's able to achieve whatever she sets her eyes on. Oh, same. Same to you, girl. <laughs> Look at you in New York doing so well. Knock on wood, right? <laughs> Yeah, but it's also pretty interesting to see how many more millennials are also considering going abroad to either work or study. I remember when I was preparing to move to New York, of course, I knew that my purpose was to further my career. 
But there was also an element of adventure and wanderlust. What do you think? Oh yes, definitely. And I think New Zealand was re- is really known for its spectacular views and natural landscapes aside from the very wonderful and friendly people here that you'll meet anywhere. Yeah, I know. I've seen your pictures from Instagram and I'm just like, oh my god, I need I need to make my way to New Zealand one day. <laughs> and I know <laughs> I've said this so many times to you and I wonder when it'll come true. <laughs> oh, one day I'm sure of that. It's not an if, it's a when. You're always oh, welcome. That. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yes, I'll drive for you, I'll cook for you, I'll do everything. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Right before we recorded this podcast, Monica was just cooking spaghetti and she was like explaining some stuff. Anyway, moving forward, I want to share with you this data that I saw online, which said that according to a September 2019 issue of the Filipino Times, 21.9% of overseas Filipino workers, or OFWs for short, belong to the 25 to 29 age bracket. And this age bracket actually comprises the biggest workforce spread throughout different sectors, with a lot of jobs requiring a college degree or even a specific skill or craft. And Monica, before you moved to New Zealand, you already had a job waiting for you there? Actually, I had a job interview waiting for me the day that I Mm. arrived. So I was lucky enough to just have the interview via Skype because I arrived in Auckland Airport. But the place of my work that I was applying for was quite a while away. Let's say it's a two and a half hour drive through the mountains. Not exaggerating. Wow. (laughs) So in order to prepare for it, I had to read up, of course, on the New Zealand curriculum here. It's called Te Fariki. It's such a rich resource, which I always refer to in my teaching practice. Before teaching here, I've also received some reassurance from my previous boss in the Philippines, who said that early Mm. childhood is very well researched in New Zealand. And so that's something I held on to, thinking positive about my next teaching journey here. That's so nice. I love to hear that you had such a supportive team of people that were really there for you. And it seems like the digital world has really changed and expanded the opportunities for us. As you mentioned, you had your interview via Skype. Imagine if you had to go to New Zealand without any sort of planning, just a plane ticket, a hotel booking, and a luggage. Oh, that doesn't sound (laughs) like me at all. I like to plan. Mm, Yeah, (laughs) exactly. We're like type A people. We need to plan ahead. (laughs) The thought of it already frazzles me. But... Just a few years ago, maybe in the 60s or in the 70s, finding opportunities abroad wasn't this systematic, which meant that it was more permissible for visa and paperwork loopholes that are now considered quote-unquote undocumented. And it's really a big demographic shift that's occurred right now. Oh yes, that's really true. I think I'm really lucky to be in this time where, you know, I love systems, Mm. so it was systematic for me to come here. But I guess um, it had also a bit of a risk factor. So Mm. that risk that I took was coming here, 
through a visitor's visa first. And then, of、mm. course, the day I arrived, I had a job interview. So I packed my whole life, my whole 24 years in the Philippines to New Zealand. And then I was lucky enough to fi-、um, find work, and then I was able to sh-、um, shift to a work visa. So,、uh, yeah, I actually am celebrating my three years here in New Zealand in just two more days. So that's like around August 4. And yeah,、um, it was so, so good because right after a month of just staying here, I already had a teaching position. So I felt like it was meant to be. Yeah, wow. Congratulations on your third year anniversary in two days. <laughs> This move seemed like a very big move for you. I mean, you didn't just fly out of the continent, you also basically moved out of your, of your family home. And as you mentioned, you had to pack 24 years of your life in how many suitcases? <laughs> Do you remember? Just two! Just two! <laughs> oh my god. So 24 years in two suitcases. I bet that was a challenge. Oh, definitely. Exactly. And it must have been like a big change for you, especially since this was your first time to move out, right? You didn't. Live in a dorm in college.、Nah. And if you didn't move to New Zealand, do you think that you would still be living in your family home today? Oh, yes. Naturally, we all know that we don't <laughs> move out of our parents' house until we get married. And I think I can go <laughs> on, on and on about this, but I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but just to say,、yeah. <laughs> I was able to pack all my things in two luggages, but what I forgot. Were very important photos, or family photos,、oh. and those kind of things. I'm such a sentimental person, but yeah, that's something I'll have to go back for. Yeah, or find a way to have it sent over there. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I like asking this question to people who moved out of the Philippines, so get ready. It's a very tricky question. <laughs> oh, What、no. were some new. Life skills that you needed to learn? And I say I like asking this question because I hear the funniest and most trivial answers that just gets me cracking up. Like, what? You only learned how to cook rice when you moved out of the Philippines? Grab it, man. Hindi naman for me. I think I can proudly say I've learned how to cook rice and meals for my family、um, long before moving to New Zealand. So I think that was such a huge bonus because、um, here in New Zealand, everything is mostly DIY. You have to do it for、mm. yourself. And people here are, let's of course say, it, they're more independent. But I feel、mm. like there were still heaps of things I had to learn since moving here, though. So, on my very first day in New Zealand, I still remember very well. I stepped outside the Auckland airport, it was winter time, and I felt like I was in a big freezer. I didn't even have <laughs> any good、um, jacket to keep me warm. I just didn't have、oh、the clothes. <laughs> I'm just so used to summer and, or hot and, <laughs> hot and cold, that's it. Um, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't be investing on winter gear if you lived in the Philippines for、oh, yeah. 24 years. <laughs> yeah. No way! <laughs>、um, so, I also had to learn so- some life skills aside from adjusting to the weather. 
In terms of financial independence, I feel like I was able to start finally saving some money for myself while also sending money back home and also enjoying life, which is trying out new restaurants, of course, going on road trips and some retail therapy all with my own income. I feel like that's only something I actually got to do when I moved here because I really had no excess money from my salary back home. And um, another big thing for me since shifting here, I'd say, would be not having to ask for permission every time I go out of the house. <laughs> I feel like that's so such much a big freedom. Thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Pero disclaimer, I agree. Totally agree. Yeah. I think the both of us, um, it applies to both of us rather, that we mm -hmm. still do keep in close contact with our parents. And I'm just mm. so thankful for technology nowadays. I cannot agree more. <laughs> but um, I'd say one of my biggest challenges is to stay connected with my roots, meaning staying connected with my main people back home. So to be honest, completely honest, I didn't feel homesick for the first two years because I was so set on gaining my residency. But now that I have, and I am a resident here, more than ever due to COVID-19, I'm really, really missing home. And that's something that I'm trying so hard to accept, the fact that I can't really go home. But look at us. Mm. We're 16 hours apart from each other. You're in New York. I'm in New Zealand. And I feel like mm. we're still keeping our friendship very much alive. Talking and this very awesome podcast of yours. Can I just say I'm so proud of you for pursuing this passion project of yours. Oh, thank you so much, Monica. I remember the first time I shared this idea with you. It was, what, months ago? And you've been so supportive since day one. Like, just sending you those random posts that I wanted to post on Instagram and asking you how I wanted to do the wording. Like, it was really your support also that helped me just push through with this. And yes, I'm especially missing home right now because of COVID. But great things do come out of it, like this podcast and us reconnecting even more because of this. So it's been... I, I don't know, blessing in disguise, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to those life skills, thank you for sharing those wonderful points with us. I also wonder if some of these new life skills were culture-specific. Yes, I know. My accent is quite weird now, but they still say that I sound American, so you just be the judge. For example, I can't say... Can I use the CR? I'll have to say, can I use the loo or can I use the toilet? If one time the I ask someone the CR, they're like, what's that? <laughs> they're just looking It's like you're me. talking to the queen. Yes. Can I use the loo can or I the use toilet? The loo? <laughs> oh. <laughs> and here they pronounce the letter E as an I. So you might have noticed I say yes now, not yes. Yeah. Or, I did notice yeah. you say that. <laughs> Or instead of saying test, I say it naturally and I subconsciously, I just pronounce it as test. So speaking of oh. tests, <laughs> I also had to drive on the opposite side of the road. It's good that I no didn't way. really drive at all back home though. 
And mm. I feel like it's a whole new different skill to drive in the Philippines. So if I go home, I'm not sure if I'll be willing to drive. <laughs> That's true. I mean, it's still different. Like the rules, the jeepneys, the tricycles, the motorcycles. Yes, but... It's pretty chaotic. <laughs> yes, but I also miss riding them. So I might as well try it again when I go back home. <laughs> Hopefully if they're still there. <laughs> Um, I love that spirit. <laughs> but aside from learning how to drive the car, I also had to learn how to fill up the car with petrol or gas and cleaning my car, and doing all the DIY things. So I've actually now just passed on the car that was passed on to me, to my sister. And yay, I finally am going to buy my first car. Oh my god! Congratulations! <laughs> I think it's a step towards adulthood. You, do you think? <laughs> definitely, definitely. A car. Oh my god, that's such a big milestone. Yes. Um, aside from that, here in New Zealand, it's also very slow-paced. The lifestyle, I'd say, is more slow-paced compared to city living in Metro Manila or, let's say, New York. Mm -hmm. I started to mm -hmm. take on different hobbies, or shall I say, tita hobbies, such as <laughs> gardening or growing veggies or herbs, because nature here is everywhere. And I can easily just take a local bushwalk or a hike up the mountain within the city. And because I call myself a tita, I am not ashamed to say that I... I have a 10 to 11 p.m. bedtime, even on weekends. <laughs> oh my god. I think that's Lola, not Tita. <laughs> Are you ashamed that I'm your friend? <laughs> Such a Lola. No, of course not. <laughs> I guess it makes sense if you're living in an environment where everybody sleeps that early, then... Yeah, would you say you adjusted to the time that everybody else sleeps around 10 to Oh, yes, I think so. Here, you know what? It's so quiet at mm -hmm. night. You feel like, mm. oh, okay. Oh, if you look at the other houses, the lights are already closed at, let, like, let's say, closed. 8 or 9. And you're like, oh, okay, oh my I'll go to sleep too. <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, if I were in your situation, I'd also feel sleepy that early <laughs> oh yeah all those years in our teenage yeah all those teenage years of us skipping sleep i think bumabawi lang ako. I know. <laughs> yeah that's true now we're trying to gain back that sleep <laughs> well i'm so impressed by all of this monica like wow your hobbies your new milestone Maybe you can show photos of your plants and herbs later. I'm so interested. And I wonder what herbs are native to the climate over there. And I totally understand what you mean by the DIY culture. Since living here, I've also had to do some DIYing. Like, I had to clean a clogged toilet. I had to kill a flying cockroach. Oh my gosh, out of you! I know, and I, I would consider this DIY because usually I would call my kuya or my brother to kill it for me. I would just scream the hell out and be like, oh my god, it's a cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but a big, big congratulations on buying your first car. That's like 
such an amazing milestone. And yes, I do love your accent. Like the loo, the going to the toilet. Really, we learn new things every day. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Well, I actually did feel a sense of relief also when you mentioned that Kiwis are friendly. I guess this relief stems from my experience of New Yorkers. Because like, as you said, in New Zealand, it's more slow-paced. And here in the city, it's so fast. Everybody's just so busy. And it becomes associated with being rude or people being outspoken hmm. but in reality i think new yorkers are friendly too and there still is this sense of camaraderie as long as you don't walk too slow or block their way i guess <laughs> here in new zealand yeah. i think when you walk everyone even a stranger will say hi to you so it's something you get used to Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so different. It's like the complete opposite over here. <laughs> yeah. So, as a Filipino who currently lives overseas, how important is it for you to form new relationships in a new country? And was the process easy for you? Uh, before I answer that question... I just want to say mm -hmm. I'm still so gutted about missing the very rare opportunity of your invitation to tour me around New York last year. <laughs> so we owe each other a trip to New Zealand and to New York, maybe. <laughs> But anyway. When you come to New York. Yes. yes. Oh, yes. When? <laughs> Unless mm -hmm. you're back home in the Philippines. Anyway. <laughs> um, I have to say, it was a very big plus to have lived in the Philippines where English was very integrated into our education and profession. It was just everywhere. So adjusting here or forming new relationships became a bit easier because I was confident in communicating and that was a good start. What I found interesting, though, is that... Um, Moving to a whole new country with not a lot of people knowing me, it was as if I was a nobody. And I had to actually build my own name. But I'm pretty lucky though that I had still a few Filipino people and we formed a Filipino community and it still feels like home here. Yeah, and sometimes feeling like a nobody and starting fresh is what we all need. And sometimes we even look for that opportunity, don't you agree? Yes, I totally agree. That was also a good way for me to get to know myself and my identity, knowing that I don't have any direct influence of having my family and friends di directly around me. But that being said, <laughs> I'd say I didn't have to really change anything about myself. It was still really important to stay true to who I was. Yeah, that sounds like music to my ears, you know. Like, you really don't have to change for anybody, and it's really one way of showing self-love. I love that. Just making sure New Zealand knows that Filipinos are awesome too. I feel like that's yeah. something I wanted to prove to them, I'd say. Mm, that's great. And I wonder if you also feel the same way about a romantic relationship. So you've been with your Kiwi romantic partner for how many years now? Wow, romantic partner. 
<laughs> two years and a few months. <laughs> wow! Congratulations. Let's give him a shout out so we know that we have at least one guaranteed listener. <laughs> Oy, grabe naman. One lang. Hindi naman. What about yours? But yeah, um, thank you. And I'd like to say hi, Simon. Just a brief background. I met Simon at my first work here as we both taught in the same daycare as ECE teachers. So yes, guys, he's also a teacher for young children. This is not an area of my expertise. My boyfriend is Filipino. Wow, shout mm-hmm. out to you as well. <laughs> and we have been in a long-distance relationship, but I've never really dated a non-Filipino. So I'm really curious, like, how was it like with you this time? Would you uh, agree with what old couples would usually say that cultural differences would be a barrier or, you know, globalization. So do you feel that in this day and age, there truly is no barrier that's high enough to climb? Okay, first of all, thank you for your question. I feel like I'm in a Miss <laughs> Universe pageant. Daming tanong, ah. <laughs> nah. But um, it is my first time dating a Kiwi or someone who is non-Filipino. And this time, mm-hmm. I did not become a Maria Clara in the sense that I love that after he asked me out on our first date which went really well I actually asked him out on our second date myself so I felt like I was more open and I knew that hey I'm not in the Philippines I can't date the way that I do back home because of course it's different so from the first few weeks of dating We've got to talking about our culture, most especially the Filipino culture, because we have so many different beliefs and traditions. And along the way, Simon picked up the idea of asking the girls' families permission when people become official or when they exclusively date each other. So he actually told my family then, who was my brother, the day we decided to make our relationship official. And for me, I felt like that was such a huge thing coming from someone who didn't really do that or they don't really do it here. So another thing that I made sure for myself is that we were on the same page about dating exclusively ever since the start. I felt that that was a very important thing to do early on because you know me, I don't do flings. (laughs) I do know that. And you know what? You are super right. Like, who says that the guy has to make the first move all the time? And, oh my god, we're at the age when there's no time and no reason to be torpe anymore. Like, you know, that's what we used to talk about in high school. Like, this guy is so torpe. This guy texted me. This guy didn't text me. Like, seriously, who has time for that anymore? And... I totally agree with the importance of defining your relationships because especially since right now there's just so many relationship dynamics, I think this is a good tip. Like it's an important tip for our listeners. Um, And it's not just for somebody who's dating a non-Filipino, but it's for anybody who's dating in general in this day and age. Define your relationship, guys. We are emerging adults we want labels. <laughs> Amen. Amen. 
Now, Monica, do you feel that you took an active role in imparting knowledge about the Filipino culture with your romantic partner? So, yes, Simon did know a little bit about the Filipino culture himself, having worked with other Filipino teachers here. But that was just the tip of the cultural iceberg. So our relationship has been a lot about getting to know each other's values and beliefs. Although at the same time, I feel like when I participated in your survey, asking whether I feel like I was an adult or not, I could not give you a 100% yes. And I feel like it's because I'm still trying to find the balance in honoring our cultural background while also acknowledging the Kiwi culture, given that I'm residing here and I do plan to settle down here. So to answer your question, I think it's all about communication and respect and marrying the two cultures in your relationships also important. I know you heard marrying, but that's not what I meant. It's just marrying our cultures. We're not getting married yet. I bet you saw me smile in front of the camera right now. (laughs) But I love that (laughs) disclaimer. (laughs) I can understand now the wisdom of what older people would tell me back then as a teenager. That the best time to date someone is when each individual is stable and independent. And so... Gaining independence here in New Zealand and being more stable, I felt like I was more certain about myself, my values, my identity, what I like, what I don't like, what my life goals are. It just was more clear for me. So it just made it easier to find someone. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. And if we go back to our first episode, The dynamic of how we see our romantic relationship during this stage has transformed into recognizing that this is who you are as a person and that you're looking for a partner or a person who you want to be compatible with as your future partner for the rest of your life. And this talks about two individual people who don't really have to change who they are just to be with one another, right? And Mm -hmm. this is a funny follow-up question, but do you think our generation has commitment issues? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's very controversial. I don't want to speak on behalf of um, our whole generation, Mm -hmm. but just for me, I'd say it really depends on your personality and upbringing or background which has a really huge influence on your own beliefs, values, your thought processes. And this could, I think, be another potential podcast episode, Tash. I know, right? You know, we're definitely going down a rabbit hole here. And I just wonder what it is about us that we always sound so defensive when we make that disclaimer, we're not getting married yet. (laughs) Or rather... Let me ask you a question that my parents always make like parinig. They say, okay, fine, you're not getting married yet, but when and what are you waiting for? Okay, first (laughs) shout out to your parents or also my godparents. (laughs) But uh, to be completely honest, my dad actually hasn't ever asked me that question. (laughs) But um, you do know that my dad, who is also your godfather, is a man of few words. But 
if he were to ask me that question, I'd say I'd want to be more financially ready first. For example, be ready to buy a house, be ready to start a family. And that's something both me and Simon are already working together by first adding to each of our savings account. It's not that I'm not ready for marriage, but I'm working towards it, if you get what I mean. Yes, and referring back to Arnett's notable characteristic number two, self-sufficiency is the key. And just like what you said, we do feel like being financially ready is a big factor into hashtag adulting. And I feel that if I were to answer that question myself, I'd say that emotionally, I would say I'm quite ready. And I think that that's probably what you meant as well. But financially, Mm -hmm. it's the same. I want a house. I want a stable enough job. And oh my God, that's only truly going to happen once I have my doctorate degree. So wow, four more years. Oh my God. Push my ass. (laughs) Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the list goes on. I say I want to have my own car. I want to have a pet. I want to have plants and you know we notice that in general in general the age for marriage is getting delayed and this is a phenomenon evident in other parts of the world too what's interesting is that because life expectancy has increased with the human lifespan now reaching 80s and even more it does allow for an extended period to focus on ourselves and I Ooh, guess interesting. Yeah, and I guess for me, I picture marriage as living not only for myself but also considering the needs of my partner and my future family. So imagine without all these medical advancements years ago, the human lifespan only reached the age of sixty. That's why retirement age is at sixty. But now even the retirement age is pushed back. Like, would you imagine J-Lo retiring at 60 years old? (laughs) Oh my goodness! (laughs) J-Lo is such a goddess, can I just say? And I think she's aging so beautifully. Sana all, sana tayorin. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, definitely agree with your sentiments on marriage there. And it's a really good... um, Really good information that you presented, knowing that our life expectancy is actually longer. Mm. It's really great to know that we have more time to focus on ourselves. Yes, that's true. And like, it's not just focusing on ourselves and, you know, being selfish, but we also want to travel. We want to use this time to work on our career and our dreams, right? Yes, so many things to do. Yeah. So little time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Monica. It's been such an insightful discussion and it makes me so happy to hear about your journey of moving to New Zealand, settling in and finding love. And to me, you, you seem pretty much like an adult already. Like you seem to have gotten it all together. I wonder, why do you think you haven't fully transitioned yet? I mean, yeah, you're already sustaining yourself financially. What is missing? So, 
just going to reference your previous podcast episode, mm-hmm. emerging adulthood is actually also quite subjective. So just like you, I'm 26 years old and so is Simon. We've now come up to two years together and in New Zealand, it's the norm to live with your partner even if you're not married yet. Mm. But as you know, that goes against my culture and I feel like it's outside my comfort zone, so to say. So I think it's also mostly due to my personality because as you know me, I've always been the one who likes to follow and say yes or okay, especially when it comes to adults older than me, um, out of respect. It's quite a Filipino trait, Mm. I'd say. So... I'd also like to reference your poster, which I really feel accurately captures my feelings right now. I'm in this spaceship asking myself, where the F am I? Where do I stand? (laughs) Wow, thanks for referencing all of those. You referenced it beautifully. And I think that's a great takeaway for all our listeners. Truly, being an adult is about your perception of your own maturity and your own independence. And yes, it's very subjective. There's really no checklist or grading system to determine once you've become an adult. And the thing is, we rely so much on cultural influences to basically find out the standard of adulthood that we consider as the norm. And... Like what you just mentioned, moving from one country to another basically shook you. Like it gave you or it presented presented you with a new set of norms, something that you weren't used to when you were growing up. And it makes sense for you to kind of go back to square one and to ask yourself, who am I? Where am I? Where do I stand? Because you are now having to configure and figure figure yourself out in a completely new environment. But in the end, it's really up to us. It's up to you. And we shouldn't forget that social media is curated. Culture is man-made. And there's no such thing as a perfect adult life. So let's not be afraid to plunge into it. Thanks for those words of encouragement. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So last year, I am about to celebrate another anniversary of moving to New York. And last year, I did post a question and answer portion on my Instagram story. And it was then that I realized that a lot of people are also trying to make their way overseas. But... They have expressed feelings of um, feeling confused, feeling overwhelmed about the entire process. So being as someone who successfully migrated and, you know, it looks like you're really starting to settle down. What tips can you give our listeners who aspire for the same thing? So I just want to say, and I've realized... Time really flies, Tash. This is the longest time we've been physically apart from each other. I know. You already celebrated your anniversary of moving. And it's really good that you are questioning your whole move to New York yourself too. 
So I feel like as for me, the advice that I can give the listeners or people who want to migrate is we all have our unique journeys and life stories or adventures, but my two cents would be do lots of research before you know what you're getting into, but at the same time, also trust your gut and instincts. It would really help to have your family's moral support in the whole process, and also having people you know to the country you're moving to is such a huge bonus. That so is I feel true. like that's something the that both of us we're lucky enough to have. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, even if I didn't have relatives here in New York, I do have relatives living in the other states, like in California or in Connecticut and Alabama. And so just having people close by, like in terms of proximity, that does help. Or even just knowing somebody else. It doesn't even have to be a family member. It could be a friend from high school or a friend from college or a mutual friend, like any Filipino, it it's so helpful. Like just being able to have somebody to talk to, to relate with. That's right. And I guess my tip, like just moving forward, would also be to communicate with those people beforehand. And I say just take that leap. There will always be an element of the unknown, and the unknown is scary, but we could consider it as a surprise, whatever it may be. Yes, a wonderful surprise. A wonderful, pleasant surprise. And Monica, (laughs) what advice can you give to those in romantic relationships with non-Filipinos or are thinking of finding a non-Filipino partner? So I'd say no matter who or where you are, the most important thing is just to stay true to yourself and stay true to your values. So for me, family has always been a big part of my life. And I knew that I wanted someone who also thinks and feels the same way. So more or less, he can share the same core values that I hold for myself. So another one is to have an open mind and an open heart because change as cliche as it sounds, change is constant and we grow each day. So let your personal experiences help you to become a better version of yourself in order to understand and love you for who you are. I'd just like to quote another person. His name is RuPaul and he says, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you gonna love someone else? I love it. That is straight to the point. Thank you for sharing that quote with us. And it has been an honor to have you this evening. Well, morning over there in New Zealand. (laughs) We made it work. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much for spending time with us, Monica. If you haven't yet, follow our Instagram page at Emerging Adults Club. We will be posting episode highlights from our conversation there. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tash. And as we say it here... Kia ora. Kia ora. Stay tuned for our next episode. Have a great day, everyone. <laughs>